Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Road to Freedom podcast. I'm Patrick. And I'm Matt. And we're on episode number 17. Uh, we're on our way to getting the big 2-0, and then I think we're coasting after that, right? I think once we hit 23, we should both buy ourselves Michael Jordan jerseys. Yes, because he was a basketball player. And he was the best number 23 ever. Yes. Um, so this episode, uh, we kind of are doing a shotgun approach. It's kind of the libertarian potpourri, if you will. Yeah, that's what we'll name it, potpourri episode one. Um, we just kind of have different topics that we wanted to talk about that are libertarian mind with no real particular theme. Uh, it's kind of uh, news stories, organization type stuff that uh, have come down, and uh, and we figured we'd give give our our two cents on it because. There's not enough people out there complaining, as we saw at the at the uh, Kalamazoo City's uh, meeting that they had last time. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, as uh, you may know, listening to this, I'm a uh, uh, a trustee for one of the townships in the ancillary uh, districts for Kalamazoo. Uh, so uh, we've had quite a few dealings with um, Prop One. Uh, being passed, and uh, there's a, a large number of smaller townships who are nervous about weed coming into their district. And so, uh, what we have now is a, every township and municipality has a year to give a yes or a no for um, the different types of uh, of uh, hemp businesses that could come into the district. Uh, that includes things like distribution, grow, um, uh, commercial, just dispensaries, um, and anything um, that might involve any number of those things. Within a year, if you don't do anything, um, you have pretty much a, a, an unsaid yes, and if you then pass something, all those people that you said yes to or nothing to uh, get grandfathered in so whatever rules you apply doesn't really apply to them so it's just state law so uh what i've been trying to do is be the person who's never drank alcohol who's never done drugs who's never uh you know touched weed uh make make the uh the case for why we should have grow operations in in our little uh, district in in alamo and uh, that's been fun, um, especially since uh, the community that I live in has voted the majority against Prop 1. Yeah. Uh, so trying to make that um, argumentation is, is a little bit difficult, especially, and I haven't really made it, but I've, I've had to use um, people uh, or businesses tax uh, incentives about how much money we can steal from people to Oof. to promote our township, um, but uh, if that gets people to be able to do what they want with their own property and to create new businesses, baby steps. Yeah, well, and so my, my biggest one is I really haven't been talking too much about taxes. I've been talking about just how much of the market share um, our our township could take in because all these people are saying no, no, no. Well, that's 
pushing people out uh, immediately. And they're saying, well, you know, yes, I could work with them because you can always change your no. Like once you have once a, a, a township or a district has their no, um, they can always walk it back. They're, it's not yeah. like a I forever saw, no. I saw an article about uh, one here that was uh, they initially right now said no to it. Uh, but they said even in there, they said it's a no with a possibility of a yes in the future. They just they're doing the sit and wait kind of thing. They yeah. want to sit, wait and see what the state actually rolls out with all the laws and, and everything pertaining mm-hmm. to uh, distribution. And, and well, and especially with what we've seen from the Michigan legislator in this lame duck session is that it seems like all of a sudden uh, people who have nothing to lose are all of a sudden passing laws and weird, yeah. weird stuff coming through. Like even, even kind of the boring stuff that you hear about for local government, there's been more newsletters coming out about calling your, your congressman uh, uh, over this because, you know, uh, the, the state is allowing people to do what they want with their own uh, um, shrubberies, even if it encroaches upon, um, um, uh, you know, kind of like public property areas. It's like, well, you know, maybe we shouldn't have the state of Michigan determine what happens at a local level and let's keep just applying that down to different ones yeah so unfortunately people get scared because uh, you know sorry but a lot of these places are still run by older people who uh are, are afraid of the devil's lettuce yeah they were and they were the ones that were protesting rock and roll <laughs> yeah yeah and shaking their fist yeah. um and what i've heard is even people who are in support of it uh, of of having businesses come in or or aren't opposed to it, I guess is a better term. Is well, you know, I I wouldn't want a dispensary next to my house. But I'm sorry, like, do you think that just all of a sudden there's going to be, you know, Crime. uh, uh, Mad Max type raids that yeah. come through? And, and well, yeah, it's funny too because uh, I was another article I can't find it right now. Um, I was reading it earlier though, so I forget the the city that they're in, but it's in Michigan. And it's a company that came in, and they they have a huge grow operation because they for like a year or so now they've been growing medical marijuana, and um, the township they're in is totally fine with keeping them there. And especially once now that it's legal and everything um, for recreational use, because they they have the the they can legally grow tens of thousands of plants and everything. So they have a giant space of of a grow operation, and it brings in a lot of workers. And maybe not workers that live in that township, but the workers spend money at restaurants in that township mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So this township is pretty happy with it, actually, and they have a good relationship because, you know, it's a big grow operation. It's not hurting anybody. They're just growing. It's literally a greenhouse for weed. Wait. It's not like you have guys coming in and raiding everything. It's a highly, it's it's um it's a very it's highly regulated by the state. You know, the 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 board of whatever marijuana spelled with an H. Is um, which I did read though they're changing it to a J, the the their their name, but there's in legal documents they'll still use an H because that's what they use legally. I don't know. I'm surprised because uh, Vice News or one of those Huffington Post people told us that uh, saying marijuana is uh, racist. But yeah, so this this grow operation has a great relationship. I like cannabis. What, why can't we just say cannabis? Cannabis. I mean, isn't like cannaboid whatever the yeah. like the scientific name? Can we be a little bit more on the on on the ganja? Uh, yeah, on on the uh, scientific spectrum here. But yeah, 
So you're going to have to send me that article because um, that's one of the things that I was arguing with people, or having a discussion, it really was an argument, yeah. is that, um, well, you know, Grow Operation comes in and, you know, it's a couple people because, uh, you know, you're not going to just have uh, a, a big influx of workers. Um, and I'm just thinking, like, well, you, you're thinking, like, one shop is going to open up and not the possibility of all these places saying no. And luckily, uh, I've, I've at least made an argument that says, hey, we have a year. We don't have to do anything right now. Let's let's keep it open. And let's even see if there are people that want to say, hey, how come you haven't said no yet? Yeah. And I mean, like we're we're like 70 percent agricultural. So if you want to even grow the stuff, it's you know, it's a good spot to do it. Yeah. Um there's going to be a lot of work on my end if it does, but if it gets people to to do what they want with their business and their lives, I'm all for that, and I'll fight the how much should we tax people um, uh, fight when when it comes there. So I found it. It's it, in Chesaning, Michigan, and it's not tens of thousands; it's six thousand plants. It's still a lot, though. That's still it's a big grow operation. Yeah. And, I mean, does it say how many employees are running it for? Um, no, I don't think they mention the employees. Oh, that's but... interesting. Oh, here it is. I'm just all sorts of messed up today. Uh, 50 workers. So? So you got 50 people that are coming in that potentially, I don't know, they don't say how many don't live in the township mm-hmm. but or the city. You've got 50 workers coming in from wherever they live. Um, spending money in that town, you know, getting lunch, getting dinner, getting whatever after work, before work, during, um, all for a, a big, pretty big grow operation. Yeah. Well, and we're not even thinking about, too, about possible implications. Like, what if all of a sudden you have um, universities or, or drug companies wanting to come in and uh, start doing medical testing about hey, what can we actually use this for now? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, hey, here's a spot that's set up where you already have an established, you know, distribution area or, you know, uh, um, a um, a store uh, that uh, is already working with different types of manufacturers on different types of potency and different strains. So, you know, let's go to a place that's already set up for this type of stuff and set up our own thing. So, you know, maybe we get a, uh, a, a industrial park out of this from, yeah. From, or from they it. just start investing money and said, Hey, grow operation. We'll pay you. Uh, we want to do testing. We'll, we'll pay you even more money to grow these plants for us. So yeah. we can do the testing on it. Cause we don't, we, you know, they don't have the, the, uh, area or somewhere to, or the expertise to grow it. And mm-hmm. then you go to an expert that knows how to grow it, is keeping 6,000 plants alive, and they were like, hey, you know, we can up it if, if you can legally grow more, you know, grow this much more for us, or we'll buy this much off of you so we can test it. Yeah, uh, ha- having an established area that isn't going to be raided by the federal government because, you know, it's, it's a Schedule One class drug. Yeah, and with, like, grow operations and stuff like that, it's just it's just like every other business that is going to set up it, if a grow operation is just like a plant coming into your town you know it creates a lot of jobs it helps the economy out you know a store a dispensary coming in is just another store people can go to like it, it, everyone's just has this taboo mindset on yeah. it because it used to be illegal and now it's legal but, 
and they think, uh, you know, some people in the community think that it's going to have, you know, bring crime. It's like this yeah. is it, it's decriminalized. It's not bringing crime. Like, yeah, you're still going to have your guys selling it illegally, no matter what. I mean, Colorado, at least a documentary I watched a couple of years ago, still had a problem with that when they, but it decreased a lot. But mm-hmm. you're, it's not like you're gonna, they're not gonna be busting into these places that, um, that are probably gonna have pretty good security. I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, and 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 what are you doing other than, uh, you know, getting, a, a supply that you're, gonna use yourself? Like, it's different, um, with with it, when it was currently illegal because then you still had black market prices that you could go in and yeah. raid a, a a place that you know isn't going to have firearms because they're trying to follow the law and they weren't allowed to have firearms. Yeah. But yeah, all, these 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 folks who are like, "Well, you know, I'm okay with it, but I don't want it next to my house." Okay, I hope you say the same thing for a bar or a gas station that serves uh liquer because you know, it's it's the it's the same it's the same thing. In yeah. fact, I would say ha- having a place like a um, a party store, someplace that sells only alcohol, mm-hmm. uh, uh, has more of a tendency. If you believe um, the people who are like, oh well, you know, they're nefarious people that that come into a marijuana store. It's like, well, how about a person that goes to an only alcohol store? Aren't yeah. they more susceptible to being, you know? terrible people than uh dudes who are just whacked out on you know the wacky tobacco so that's where i've kind of made my argumentation is on pointing back to prohibition and also um pointing to current um beliefs in alcohol it's like yes this that's what you're gonna have to fight is people who have the stigma of this was once illegal and now all of a sudden by the wave of the state's magic wand uh it's suddenly legal and that's that's a hard thing for people to to think about well and one of the uh, um something they said in here they brought up was that uh townships that are gonna be against it they're gonna they're they're pull, making themselves susceptible to crime, actually, a higher rate of crime in that case, because then the people that, you know, are still going to get weed or what, not, like, might not want to drive that far, so they might still go the illegal route, you know. I mean, I think it's reaching a little bit, saying that that they, that's at the correlation of not allowing it is, is that, uh, or a, a causation is going to be more, more crime at that point, but, um, eh, it kind of makes sense. You're, it, you're leaving yourself open to illegal grow operations and and uh, and just people using it or trying to sell it illegally in that area. Yeah, but I mean, look, look at what Michigan has become. You have Western Michigan giving classes on how to brew your own beer, where before that was highly illegal to you know. Okay, Budweiser can do its thing, but bathtub gin was frowned upon now you have everyone and their mother with their own ipa and you can go to a store and buy yourself a simple little kit and you can just do it in yeah. your house i think um doesn't costco have like its own little yeah i've little seen it thing? at stores and it's not too expensive <laughs> i've thought about doing it at one point just because i thought it'd be interesting but then i'm like well what if i don't like it and i never drink i just wasted this money yeah. I'd rather buy beer i already like so i mean like you know it alcohol has has the same and probably worse connotations if if you include everything. Um, th- there's this song um, by The Streets. It's a British rap group called The Irony of It's All. And it contrasts um, 
uh, a person who drinks alcohol and then a person who smokes weed and how uh, the person who's uh, dr- drinking the alcohol is more likely to become violent and more prone to to be a nuisance than the dude who sits on his couch playing Gran Turismo on the hardest level. But yeah, cigarettes too, if you think about that. I mean, just from a, a health standpoint, like weed, it is a natural thing. Uh, and, I mean, you're still inhaling smoke and everything, so it's not, like, good for you. Right. But um, there's all that added stuff in uh, in cigarettes that they add in. You're you know, inhaling tar and whatnot and everything else. Mm-hmm. That's just uh, bad for you, too. So, I mean, why why can you sell cigarettes, you know, at the corner store and not weed? Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what comes down. Uh, hopefully I can kind of convince and see and maybe we can be a, a, a very green community because that's yeah. what people are going to now is, is a, uh, a loud is, community. Yeah, it's just uh, it's it's kind of sad, but it's one of those things where it's like, well, it might come down to how much outcry there is. And uh, um, when when Alamo tried to uh, uh, implement a... Um, a noise ordinance to just combat some of the noise from uh, the, the the Kalamazoo Speedway racetrack. Uh, th- that was the the biggest outcry that uh, that occurred, and, and it actually led to um, two of the the uh, trustee commissioners um, actually being recalled because of some of uh, them not following the rules. So uh, it'll be interesting if if I get kicked out for for supporting uh, freedom. I mean that's a, a great big badge of honor that uh yeah. but uh we'll, we'll see i supported freedom so much that people couldn't handle my <laughs> yeah. amount of freedom yeah well I, get rid of me. I, I i told you the story but it was it was funny because at the last meeting we had the road commission because uh we we're having to figure out where to um put stolen money to fix roads because uh, believe it or not michigan roads are terrible and it's especially even worse in smaller communities that don't have the ability to raise zillions and zillions of dollars to to keep spinning the wheel yeah but uh i was asking about um what what has been done or looked at as far as uh new technology um the use of things like plastics and rubbers for different types of road material and uh the the person from the road commission was saying oh you know uh we've we've been going through uh different uh different classes and different lectures and there just doesn't seem to be um uh those those new implementations yet but there's still pilot programs here and there and i go well you know that's the problem with state run as if it was privatized um then you would have the incentive to um get better quality material and cheaper material and do it better um especially if you want to make your money based off the roads and not always improving upon the roads, it just seems like you're, you know, the, the incentive, there's never an incentive to move fast when it's state money. No. Uh, so I, I, the, the case that I made just quickly under my breath comment was, well, that's, it'd be nice if it was, if um, the roads were privatized because uh, then you would actually have the incentive to improve. She's like, Oh, ex- excuse me. Like, oh, well, you know, I think we should privatize roads. She's like, oh, well, actually, you know, a majority of our contractors are, are, are um, private contractors. 
And it's just like the the lady. I told this lady that we should privatize the roads, and what she heard me say was, "Oh, we should ha- uh, privatize the 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 workers that the uh, that uh, the state pays." Just, that's like, not what privatizing yeah. roads. Means. It's like when when people say, "Oh, private prisons are are, are uh, this nefarious group because uh, the incentive is to uh, keep the prisons full so that they can make the most amount of money." It's like, yes, but who is paying them? The, the people that are paying them to, to house the inmates is state-run. Like, it's quasi-state-run. Like, just because yeah. uh, your 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 paycheck comes from, uh, pay, goes goes to a private entity, doesn't make you a private... Uh, yeah, the uh, money came from yeah. the state or federal government, wherever it's come from, and it's just getting put into this private company that is, they're, they're pretty much just paying someone to just run it day-to-day operations <laughs> yeah. like hey i'm still gonna be the ceo but you get to do day-to-day operations at the jail yeah so it was already a long meeting so i didn't want to get into the uh to the um what what seems to be so difficult for people to understand is um you know you can have uh year after year different cars made with different specifications and it's the most highly complicated piece of machinery out there these days where you know you're can launch you can launch them into space and they are able to survive uh but a a flat piece of concrete is the 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 most troubling thing in the entire world so it it was it was a fun little i broke a strut on these freaking roads yeah well two months back and there's nothing that you can do about that you can't sue anybody you you know what happened to the city that it was a pothole that been there for a long time but i missed it it was at night time thought i was in a different area of the road than i was hit it <laughs> three weeks later it was fixed yeah there you go so thanks government for moving so quick <laughs> where's Domino's filling those potholes when you need right them? they're over in like new hampshire and vermont <laughs> places that don't really need yeah. it um well we were also thinking too uh with the whole uh, scare tactics of the waggy tobacco um the, we're we're on Oh man, how long has it been? It's been almost a year since net neutrality. Okay, uh, and you know yeah. it's it's scary, but we, we're we're on we're, the we're, internet. We're right we're now. still surviving. Um, I don't know. I don't know if people are are, are hearing uh, the internet. Um, I'm pretty sure no one's been on the internet since. Maybe uh, it's that's been why we're not having as many followers as we could because net neutrality is actually yeah. making the internet. I think we should expensive. go to Congress. Uh, you know, Google's right there. They need to answer for their crimes of of us having three people that listen to us it was so crazy talking to people about net neutrality because they were so like no you know we need to be able to blah blah i I can't remember everything they were arguing against but the main thing is everyone thought that you know it would when you talk about like not regulating things like everybody thinks of or privatizing things everyone just thinks oh i'll get gouged i'll get gouged the monopoly will move in and all, all these companies are, that are battling for our, our services are going to somehow work together now to raise Collude prices. Like, oligarchy. When, when have you ever heard of, like, I don't, like, even if all these companies could get together and create just a giant monopoly, they still wouldn't all agree. And they make a monopoly and some mom and pop place is going to be like, well, hey, I'm going to run these fiber optic cable, cables well, and the, you can splice off yeah. my internet. And boom! Now you just got internet for for super cheap again. So the, the, there's uh, Madawan uh, had uh, someone come in and start laying fiber optics. So independent company uh, that wasn't one of the big you know 
uh, telecoms came in and, st- and started uh, uh, laying the, the groundwork for really high speed internet. Well, all of a sudden, before that even uh, gets set into place, the current ISPs come through and say, "Hey, sign a two year contract with us, and we'll up your your speed by like three hundred percent." It's like, "Oh, where where all of a sudden did you get all that bandwidth?" It's like, yeah. "Well, it's because they have no desire to give you top rated speed because they're going to sell it to places like MPI or businesses that they can." charge more for yeah. and it's it's interesting to me that the the people who supported net neutrality um were places like netflix and google who combined probably account for half of the internet traffic in the entire world yeah. so this isp comes or this new isp comes in starts laying fiber optics uh they're getting a, a bunch of people just just signing up for them left and right well then the power company then runs its own fiber optics using the already infrastructure that it's invested in and that they've just run it to places that that are their customers which is pretty much all of madawan and it's just interesting to me that uh you know we always think of uh, uh, you're right like oh you know uh, what is uh, comcast going to charge me to go to this site rather than this site how many YouTube videos a day can I watch before I have to buy the six ninety nine package? Yeah. Uh, but but the power company lays expensive lines in in the hopes that maybe it'll get it's uh, enough customers yeah. uh, in the certain area. But yeah, they've at least done the the research to say okay, well we know here's the interest and here's how many people we can we can get. Uh, but they ran it to everywhere. It wasn't just oh if you signed up for it we'll run it to your house because. Um, if they can get more people to say like, oh, Bill, how's your internet been now that you got the new high speed stuff from the power company? Oh, it's great. And it's cheaper than the, the independent people that just came in by 10 bucks. Yeah. They're more likely to get that. Then they don't have to send out a truck and a crew to and run cable down. It's the beauty of capitalism. It's it creates, so you know, cool. The competing companies. Cause yeah. in that company move, that smaller company moved in, laid the lines, which then got the bigger company to go, oh crap. You know, that we're, they're going to steal away a lot of customers. If we just spend the money now, load it in everywhere, all our customers in that area, and then we can say, hey, guess what? We can offer it to you for cheaper. Yeah. Boom. Now they've just won back all those customers. I, I think that's kind of the um, – Henry Hazlitt in Economics of One of Us uh, has this uh, – um, the, the, the man that you don't hear about. It's the, the, the forgotten man who – um, you know, you regulate something and you, you kind of know the immediate effect to person A because that's who it's specifically designed for. But you don't know about the person B who uh, was affected because of it. So, you know, we don't know about the, the potential benefits from all these different companies that could pop up or different um, types of uh, uh, just... Uh, new industries that could come about just from um, from the the fact that you you give people the freedom to do what they want, and if bad things happen, which you know the libertarian ideal isn't a a, a, um, a utopia. Yeah. It's when you say, "Hey, I'm going to give everybody they want uh, the the freedom to do what they want as long as it doesn't." affect uh me or hurt me or or anybody else 
there's there's some scary stuff that might happen. Yeah. But it's the same here. Uh, the only difference is we don't claim to a utopia. The very fact is uh, a libertarian goes, I don't know what the best policy is. Let's do 50 things and see which ones work the best. Yeah. That's the that's the libertarian idea of utopia. Instead, what we have now is it just says, well, let's just do this. I don't know what's best, but let's do this because that's what I say is best. Yeah. So, like, people who want to regulate the Internet like it's a utility. Uh, look, look how great it's been for power. It's like, yeah, but then you had Enron. And you had brownouts and blackouts in California, one of the most you know prosperous states that rivals nations, uh, G, yeah. uh, you know, uh, G, uh, GDPs. Yeah. So, you know, you have you have government regulations and and these types of entities come in, and they have a a monopoly on the use of force, and that's what sometimes happens in small communities too. Uh, a uh, ISP will come in and say, "Hey, uh, we'll give you a good deal for your region if you sign this, you know, fifty-year contract with us to be the sole proprietor to have the only allowable ISP to come in." And then we're, you know, scrapping at twelve, uh, you know, um, meg uh, download speeds when we could be having more. And if you have more competition, you're going to have more and more. That's like um, Republic Services and Township <laughs> yeah. of Kalamazoo. I'm forced to only use Republic services when who knows I don't know because I don't look into it because it doesn't matter how much money I could save at another company yeah so uh, you know a year from now we'll see uh, all the all the nasty uh, gang wars that we'll have for weed uh, legalization and we'll be two years deep into having no internet because we're only the rich people will be able to access it yeah um Another uh, article that we talked about is uh, is uh, PFAS, yeah. and uh, I think you should take this one because um, uh, the government has finally determined a way to save us from PFAS. Yeah. Well, let me let me pull this article up real quick. So PFAS was this this uh, chemical that was found in as a byproduct of most of the paper plants that um, are were were around Kalamazoo. And all of a sudden, we started finding it in drinking water in, in certain districts within Kalamazoo. Uh, but it's been a known issue for other places, too. The title is Michigan PFAS Safety Level Level Could Weaken Under Lame Duck Bill. So, a bill they're trying to put through right now, Senate Bill 1244. Um, it's passed the Michigan Senate on December 4th and is expecting to be brought to the state house floor this week. Uh, this leg- legislation would significantly increase the amount of PFAS in the water that people could lit- uh, legally be exposed to. <laughs> uh, so pretty much what they're saying is by fixing the PFAS problem, we will change what we used to think was legally allowable for people to take in. And we'll just, you know, double it or significantly, significantly increase it so that way all the water lines are are under they're under the level safe. now. Yeah, they're perfectly safe. That yeah. totally makes sense to me. It's <laughs> because you know all of us. I'd love to if a stu- if if they could at least um, back it up with a study that says, "Hey, by the way, we've been studying this for a while, and um, humans can actually take in more PFAS than than what's previously thought." Mm-hmm. Then it's like, okay, maybe I'd want to see multiple studies though, but. 
uh, just the fact that out of nowhere in this lame duck session, they're like, well, let's try to fix it this way. Like, that's not a way to fix it. Like, hey, you know, you know, we'll fix uh, asbestos in buildings by just saying, um, yeah, you can actually be in an asbestos building for that much more time before you die from it. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, that, that, that's, <laughs> By that's government not, decree, you're not dying as quickly yeah. as what you think you are. You know, you can eat 14 lead paint chips before it's a problem. You know now because it used to be seven. Yeah, that's 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 how our government is trying to deal with PFAS. That's that's pretty. And mind you, we're still good. we're still not done dealing with lead over in Flint. Well, uh, uh, Elon Musk is coming over to to put in uh, uh, drinking fountains and for the schools. Oh, oh man, capitalism. That that's yeah. that's that's a rich person. How dare, how, how how dare is he making he, money off of how that? How dare that rich man? not be taxed even higher than it already is so we can take his money and then yeah. oh wait you know we wouldn't see any of his tax dollars because he lives in california but he's coming over here a person from states almost a country away is uh is coming over to, yeah. to help fix a problem with the state that screwed him over by saying that he couldn't sell his cars direct to customers in the state he had to go through uh um a uh Oh, what's a place that sells cars? I don't dealership. Know. Dealership, yeah. You can only go through them. So Yeah, so that way you can only get screwed over by the dealership yeah. on like 17% APR. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, so, again, government at work right there. Just, you know, increase the levels and call it good, especially from politicians. Again, it's not like it's a, it's an outcry from scientists who are like, whoa, 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 listen, this is all getting blown out of proportion when talk about contamination those are scary words and pfas yeah. uh, uh, using words that that you need to take a, a breath two two times while saying the full full photosynthesate or whatever pfas uh is appropriately named um but you have this this thing where it's like oh, okay well i've accomplished this after before i get uh, thrown out of office or before um business goes back as, as business as usual from the legislator but that i mean that's that's government decree you don't have like there would be no ability to again sue anybody or say hey you know i'm i'm now sicker than i was before because uh the allowable limit uh that you use just to to make it so that it wasn't classified as a as a uh, as a state emergency uh, is double. Uh, there, there are complications that happen in more than the immediate future, and that's um, part of the the issue that we have with democracy and the t this type of supposed representative uh, government is that, at least with a king, he's going to be around for a while, or his family's going to be around for a while, yeah. and there are going to be rules in place that are kind of set because you know it's the same person, but a person who's only in there for two, four, six years, or um, if you ever get term limits, then, you know, at most 12 or, or what have you, um, you know, they're going to have that time period to, to care about. And after that, they don't care because there's no benefit for them to say, well, you know, uh, 12 years ago, I, I, I doubled the amount of mercury in, in the water supply because I thought it was good. Um, but it turns out that 40 years later, uh, everyone's getting birth defects from uh, their, their grandchildren or for their grandchildren. Uh, oh, well. I can't get elected again. And That's fine. All this PFAS is, stuff is is uh, proven to like cause cancer and other sicknesses, stuff, health problems like that already. So 
why aren't we trying instead of doubling or how increasing the amount you can have in the water why why are we not going towards like zero PFAS in the water like why 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 aren't we going towards that yeah i mean this is literally affecting millions of people this PFAS thing has and and they're just saying oh we'll we'll double the amount like that's just i mean this 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 seems like the kind of things happening right now with the PFAS that were happening years before the lead was found out in Flint. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. they're like, oh, we'll just divert it through these old pipes and blah, 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 and we'll, we'll start sucking up water for drinking out here, and lo and behold, years later, you have massive amounts of lead poisoning. It's like, yeah. oh, well, we'll just double the amount of PFAS, and I don't know, years later, it's going to cause health problems for people, but, you know, so, we don't know that yet. So some some of the farmers in, in my district have, um, in, in the past years, have agreed to have the pulp sludge i think it's called sludge just yeah. dumped on their fields and they they get paid for it well hey guess what now their fields are contaminated with this pfas stuff that's super uh contaminant and it's like well that's that that was their decision that they did they they got a payment up front and then they sold the land and screwed over somebody else or um or they screwed themselves over and now they want the state to come in and fix what they agreed to. Like, and, yeah, you're the one that agreed to. Yeah, so or you agreed issue. to buy the property that it happened on, and unfortunately, that's that's you know kind of tough luck. Yeah. But you know, if you want your your soil and stuff treated, that's part of you know. Um, if I b- build my my house on on sandy soil and the foundation sinks, I don't go to the government to say. You know, hey, hey now you, you need to build my house from the ground up again because I was uh, poor and and getting stuff tested or yeah. or checking that stuff out beforehand. But no, here we come and we're, we're we want handouts and we're trusting government to 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 protect us. And that's that's um oh I forget what the actual terminology is for it, but it's essentially like um by by having this false belief that you're in a safe environment you kind of turn that part of your brain off where you're like, oh, well, I'm, I'm in no danger because, yeah. you know, somebody who I don't know in a place I've never been to uh, is hopefully running the filter system to, yeah. to wash out all the, all the Ritalin that's being do flushed down the toilets into, um, into different uh, um, pipes. So <laughs> we just have... We just have this kind of literal bl- blind trust in government, and we see that too with even um, like the FDA in approving um, drugs. It's like, oh well, this went through proper testing; they wouldn't put crap on the shelves. But we've seen time and time again that um, that there are there are things that this hit the market. This oxycontin went through proper testing; no one will get hooked to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it won't cause an opioid ed- uh, epidemic. Ah, uh, you know, it's fine. Huh. Um. Uh, just another news story that, that we were talking about is uh, just uh, the with school having started, um, all the different types of uh, regulations that come from a top-down approach. We always we always hear of like liberals who joke about the um, trickle-down economics, but in the same fashion, they never they never. Um, uh, you know, jokingly refer to uh, trickle down laws that that come from the top down and affect um, 
affect the people at the bottom of who, you know, kind of how crap rolls downhill uh, in military terms. Yeah. Uh, it, it always seems like rule rules roll downhill in that way, too. So, like, uh, some of the local communities, uh, 123 uh, communities in Michigan have petitioned the state of Michigan to let them open schools earlier before Labor Day. And it's like, that seems bizarre to me that you have districts who should know their districts better than the state of Michigan. They have to petition the government in order to do what's best for their community. Now, I don't believe in and public schooling and you know it should be should be even more at a local level but that's how the state operates in that it uh, codifies power at the top and then dispenses it down and then everyone has to have their own little little taste into it Uh, we just saw the the michael bloomberg um interview on the view where he says oh yeah each state can pass like background checks which there are background checks for firearms Um, but it would just be so much easier if congress could do it oh yeah i'm sure that that law that would be passed it would just be the perfect amount of law Mm -hmm. and then there wouldn't be other laws from a state level and then a local level and a county level and all these these different ones who are like oh well now that we can do background checks and then have these like emergency uh, michigan has 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 actually had deaths in the recent past of people who say, "Oh, my uncle is threatened to kill himself. I'm I'm putting up these this this red flag thing. The police then can go in and and bust into your doors and confiscate your your firearms because you're you pose a danger to yourself, as attested to by your family member. Yeah, yeah. okay, that that that's really smart. And you know these people." end up getting shot and killed because you know they're not expecting the police to come in and raid them yeah from the, you know they have no clue about anything that's happening they're just seeing a break-in and or you know th- this is what you know people say you know from my cold dead hands who, who do you think are gonna be the ones that come and take your your guns away from you just, it's gonna be it's gonna be the police speaking of guns i just saw a thing um uh, that my buddy uh, sent me because he lives in Jersey that um, that because they just did I mean because they already had um, a regulation on the size of magazines you can have for guns but I don't know what I didn't read the uh, more stories into I didn't read more into it but um, they or I didn't read what was previous to this but they're um, the state police are not um, taking the option of going door to door to get these now illegal magazines. They're not taking that option off the table. So that option, pretty much kicking in doors and taking magazines that hold 30 rounds in them or more than 10 or 20 that they have, um, are they're not taking that option off the table. And it's funny, too, because I was asking my buddy about it because he's got some magazines that look like the 30 round clips but you can get them pinned is what he was saying so now now so cops are going to kick in people's doors because someone's going to be like hey um you know i saw this guy with 30 round magazines and then they get in there and it's like hey uh actually i had all my 30 round magazines pinned to a certain point that Mm -hmm. they won't go over the legal amount and wasting tax dollars but i just think it's crazy that it's for magazines. Yeah. We're not even talking guns now. Right. We're talking 
what they call high ca- capacity magazines. I call regular magazines. Well, uh, they're, they're that poses such a threat mm-hmm. that they're gonna go door to door and confiscate them. Like, get out of here. Well, it's it's like all the horror stories that you hear of news article after news article about the ATF coming in and bust into somebody's house because while they were on the firing range, they had a, a double fire on accident and someone reported it as a automatic weapon. Yeah. Or, you know, you have... Maybe I just got a fast finger. Yeah. Or you have this whole issue with the whole bump stock thing. Uh, oh, uh, you know, and the the big three states that uh, are, are passing it, uh, it's like three, two, and then, of course, New Jersey. Zero... Of the of the confirmed Keep it up, Jersey. Of the confirmed bump stocks, I, I would never own a bump stock, I, and especially uh, since it seems to overheat your firearm more. But yeah. you know, whatever you do, what you want. But I, I I'm I'm unclear as to as to what what these what the outcome is supposed to be. Like, do you want do you want us to go back to flintlock where we're having to spit down the the end of the barrel and load our shot and everything is, is that what it's like going to come down to where it's like okay now we can be uh comfortable with the second amendment it's like no the like, second amendment you, was made so we can be as armed uh as you know the government that's running us. yeah i was arguing uh having a conversation it was started as an argument became a conversation with the person on twitter which is of course the bastion for for discussion in in america today uh and I was commenting in a news story about how this woman's uh, children got taken away from her by CPS in the state because um, uh, she wanted to homeschool them, but they weren't going to allow her because they questioned her like legal legal guardianship to the children, so they came in and busted in. I said, you know, this is the reason why you have firearms. And someone's like, oh, so you think that she should just start blasting these people away? I go, you know, what are guns there for? I mean, if someone's going to take my children away from me, especially for something so stupid as whether or, or not I school them, like, I, I'm i sorry, the, the, there's, we all should have the point in our mind where, you know, we should use firearms. And if it's to, to not use firearms because you're against it or you're a pacifist, then that's completely within your right. Yeah. But again, who, who are the people that are going to come take it from your cold, dead hands? They're going to be the it's cops. The government. It's going to be local, county. Yeah, you might have ATF come in, but the ATF has only so many agents. They're going to co-opt local agencies. That's why, and, you know, it's not like I'm anti-cop here in the sense of like, oh, these pigs, kill them all. <laughs> but Ohio and uh, I'm, I'm, I think Michigan, but I definitely know Ohio has like, hey, if, if police are breaking into your house and conducting um, illegal um, actions against you, you can shoot to to kill. Yeah. It's like, yeah, which I mean, you should be allowed. That's where. It why does that be. have to be a law? <laughs> yeah, that shouldn't even be a law. Should, anyone coming onto your property uh, illegally, doing illegal things, yeah, you should be able to shoot to kill. Ser- to serve, serve me a warrant that says, you know, here it's a test by a judge and blah blah blah. Not that I necessarily agree with the whole way um, warrants are issued, but at least. Th- that's what the process has been but no it's all about no knock warrants and getting in and kicking doors and having SWAT go in and creating hostage situations or or, or people who are old up and um you know if, if you happen to um uh you know be asleep and you wake up because the SWAT team member is 
breaking your window and you don't know what's going on, you fire at them, then they can come in and kill you because, uh, you know, they're protecting themselves. They want to go home at night. But you are thinking that, hey, I have a firearm and someone's breaking yeah, my house. I'm this being... is what it was designed for. Yeah. You're not thinking, oh, I'm, I'm here to kill cops. You're thinking someone is breaking into my house. Yeah. So... Um, One thing I'd yeah. say about the Second Amendment I saw the other day, it was a good point someone brought up, was, um, our, you know, our, our, our founding fathers that were writing the, the, um, the Second Amendment, they didn't just get back from a hunting trip. They got done with the revolution. So think about that, all you people that say that uh, Second Amendment rights are for hunting. Yeah. Well, and even Bloomberg is saying like, oh, we don't want to, we don't want to remove the Second Amendment, but you know, but you want to put so many restrictions on it, it's really not even. Yeah, how, how, how come? How come in in New York City, uh, you can't even you can't even pass through the streets uh, in your car if you get pulled over and have a firearm on you from your you know from Pennsylvania, um, you're you're getting arrested. Yeah. Immediately, and I don't remember the details, but I saw something the other day that was talking about back when Illinois lifted their handgun ban. It's like, I, what, what was it? You couldn't in the city of like Illinois, you couldn't even own a handgun. I think yeah, it became so. Or not Illinois, in the city of Chicago. Chicago, yeah. Um, you couldn't even own a handgun. So, so not only were they you, it's hard to get uh, a concealed carry there and stuff like that. But if you lived like in the downtown area, you couldn't have a handgun in your own house. Mm-hmm. Luckily, that was eventually lifted, but that's how, like, ridiculous some of these regulations get. Like, it's one thing to take away my right to, like, defend myself at all times and carry, but another thing to to tell me that in my castle, in my house, yeah. I can't even own certain kinds of guns. Or you're forced to flee to the safest room possible, and you have to be on the phone with yeah. uh, the dispatcher and the dispatcher is the one after she confirms it with the shift lieutenant that you can use deadly force and you have to get signed off on by uh you know three different judges in by order time to that happens fire. I'm dead. Yeah. So it's or I've already shot at people um and now I'm going to face charges cuz I or oh, you didn't get the you didn't flee enough. Like I'm not I'm not fleeing my own house. I'm not even. <laughs> luckily, we live in a state that has stand your ground as well. Because I'm not fleeing when I'm walking down the street and somebody opposes a, a, a deadly threat to me. I'm not running. If I'm armed, if I'm not armed, if I if have me a rare moment that I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm running or something. I'm acting in some way to. But <laughs> I, if I'm armed and someone else is armed and comes at me and poses deadly threat, deadly force, or not deadly force, de- but a, a deadly threat towards me, I'm, I'm, you don't I'm wanna, going equal. You don't want to ask the, the crown to give you permission yeah, to I don't, I don't wanna, protect yourself? I don't want to have to then see someone with a gun that's pointed at my face and be like, well, um, you know, they were 10 feet away from me. Uh, and there was a trash can over to my right. I I could have I could have ran to. No, <laughs> yeah. they're ten feet away from me, and that bullet travels pretty fast. The trash can is if it's even two feet away, I'm not ducking behind it until after I've already shot. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of uh, one of the Canadian um, police agencies sent out a flyer about uh, how to how women should uh, protect themselves from uh, being sexually assaulted. And uh, one of it was uh, attempt to throw up on yourself so that you become so uh, 
disgusting to the rapist that they'll that they'll get away from you. It's like, yep, that that in Canada, that's that's your uh, series of protection. Finger down your throat and hope that the dude who is raping an individual against yeah. their will, uh, who can still maintain, uh, you know, the 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 fortitude to carry out the act. Uh, is is turned off by a little vomit. Yeah, I, at this point, I think the guys or girl is messed up enough that that's not going to stop them. <laughs> no. Or if it does, it's momentarily. Yeah. Like, ew, gross, and wipe it off, and then, okay, continue. I, like, well, I, just remember, Matt, uh, if you would have listened to uh, our episode number 16, you would know that if you were involved in a, uh, a deadly shooting, that you should not talk to the police. Yeah. Ever. Don't, don't talk to the 5-0. Yeah. yeah. The one time. Yeah. The 12. Snitches get snitches, so don't snitch on yourself. Yeah, don't snitch on yourself. You yeah. have that, you know, <laughs> right. Um, you want to do the uh, Kalamazoo story? Yeah. So, so yeah, feel I'm free. S- I'm scrolling through MLive and back-to-back articles. We had the first one popped up. Um, Kalamazoo Valley adds $16,000 moving allowance to President's contract. Um, and right below that one, I'll get into what they are later, but right below that, part-time professors call for wage increase at Kalamazoo Valley. So back-to-back, you got KVCC giving $16,000 moving allowance to their new president, and then you have part-time professors calling for wage increase, which... First of all, these and I went to read the article for the part-time professors, and they, you know, they are they're bringing up the whole fact that they can't get health care through the through KVCC because they're part-time, um, and it, it's just they they just don't work off a living wage, and since they're they don't get paid enough, at everybody KVCC, deserves the right to health care, Matt. Everybody, you're, you, they can you're pay born, for it. You're just, born into this world. If you were stranded on a desert island, you'd have the right to freedom of speech. Right to f- and free your, your 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 self defense and free healthcare. But uh, mind you, these people are working part time and they're talking about a living wage. Yeah. You're not meant to work yeah. part time and have a living uh, wage. Matt, I'm I'm you've you've hired me to mow your lawn for three hours, and I I'm not getting a living wage from you hiring me for three hours. You yeah, have to three pay hours me more. once a week. Yeah, and so these people are complaining about that, um, and they're. You know, you're part time. They're saying it's taken away from the students because they can't don't have enough time to focus on them because they have to pick up a second job. It's like, well, get a full time job. You work work your butt off, prove yourself as a as a good part time, you know, teacher, professor, whatever they call them there, and you can maybe you'll get a full time job or you know quit teaching and go to a job that makes money. You know, yeah. Yes. But so this is the part that's the funniest. So they're they're asking for all this money increase and mind you the new president uh, Marshall Washington don't know where he's from that he needs $16,000 to move I don't know if he's from like Antarctica and he's got to move a bunch of uh, you know sled equipment and all that kind of stuff his his ice collection but uh, so before the before they chose to increase it um, they voted on the 11th um, to give them the sixteen thousand dollars, so I guess they actually have given it to them. It used to be twenty five hundred dollar oh. moving allowance. On top of this, the president's three year contract, which took effect July first of this year, granted him a two hundred thousand dollar annual salary. 
he also received $20,000 non-itemized expense account, a $9,000 transportation allowance yearly for a vehicle, and $7,000 a year for housing already. Um, and he gets a park club membership, uh, office redecorating allowance, and a cell phone. I don't know what the park club membership is, but um, so he's getting paid two hundred grand a year. He gets twenty thousand dollar expense account, nine thousand dollars for a vehicle every year, and seven thousand dollars a year for his housing already. You think a twenty five hundred dollar real? I I could make a pretty easy move, especially to a city that the housing or the 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 cost of living is cheaper, like Kalamazoo. I could. I could afford twenty five hundred dollars easily to relocate myself, but this guy needs sixteen grand on top of everything mm-hmm. already. And I gotta, I, you gotta imagine someone who's getting hired in, making two hundred k a year, is already making a pretty good amount of money. It's not like he went from rags to riches instantly from this job. Like you're not gonna offer someone two hundred k unless they you're gonna get that kind of value out of them. So he's already making six figures, and you you you're complaining about. So the the tuition dollars at work, all you KBCC students, uh, you're is actually going towards the president instead of, you know, potentially having a, a slight pay bump for all these part time professors that are they're needing more money. Yeah, who who are going to use it towards uh, a, a better increase in hours, I guess, so that they can do more for the students. But oh, yeah, like ha- not having uh, to work so much part uh, second job, yeah. I think. But well, that. The whole, the whole university system, the whole college system, uh, seems odd to me because who's your customer there? Well, okay, like if we think about it as a business, sure, a, a CEO brings in a lot of capital because of you know being able to manage a, a, a complicated system like that. However, the customer is the person paying the tuition, so you think you would want to put it towards the the person who um, is is there to to, to you know, to teach you, it, it, it'd be like you hiring a plumber and instead of saying, oh, well, you know, I'll, I'll give the plumber, you know, 50 more dollars to, to do more work for me to, to help better my situation. I'm going to give it to, uh, you know, the, the plumber's union, uh, president that, uh, yeah. that might, uh, might do a better job of getting that plumber a, a nicer tool belt. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, uh, yeah. Who's actually the customer there? So who's the president serving? Is is the president, you know, I'm sure the president has some, um, uh, you know, say in what what happens and, and, and uh, with this type of situation. But it seems like the president for universities are to get bigger benefactors to bring in money for um, yeah. the, the university itself. And that's why you pay him a high salary. That's why it's ridiculous. Um I know across the board, 16K isn't that much to a, a school, even a community college like KBCC, but it's still a good chunk of change that um, that you're raising. That you're raising from, um, you know, $2,500 to move before. What is he moving that go makes it from 2500 to 16K? Yeah. And pause.
going to do the commission thing that we watched. Yeah, we can talk about the tyrannical uh, county commission. City. Yeah, city. city, city. Three, two, one. All right. Uh, our final story uh, is from the city of Kalamazoo, which uh, it's always fun as part of the kind of outside district of Kalamazoo County, um, watching what happens with, with the big, big city folk. Yeah. Uh, but uh, on the 3rd of December, uh, right? Yeah, 3rd, um, Kalamazoo City had uh, their... their um, their regular meeting there of city commissioners, and uh, it was pretty happening spot for for once because most of the time these are not really uh, uh, the public doesn't really care too much about things unless if it's stuff that they care about. Yeah, uh, but they wanted to talk about adopting a resolution issuing a moratorium on rezoning and variance requests and new building permits for projects that require site plan approval on properties with natural feature protection designation as mapped, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, of course, uh, this this moratorium does not apply to any government agency. Mm-hmm. And government agencies can do whatever they want. Uh, essentially, what this is, is uh, there's a park. Is it a park? Uh, it's Asylum Lake yes. Preserve. Asylum it's, Lake. It's, I mean... It's a preserve, but it's a lot. Everyone uses it as like hiking trails. Yeah, you can walk around. It's a nice spot. Asylum. It is nice. Yeah. I've wa- I've walked my dogs there before, um, and everything like that. Which, yeah. in reality, how much of of a preserve is it when you're introducing new animals into it? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely messing with the ecosystem. Well, we, we we heard we heard about that a little bit in in the uh, the site, and um, uh. So there's a house currently in this, a section of kind of where this is all kind of being disputed. Yeah, on the outer edges of the preserve. Like, yeah, this a, person. It's a private. It's a private lot that somebody had owned for a while. Who's um, gonna make bank? Yeah, and they're sitting on it. And the biggest issue is it was zoned. It's zoned for housing. A guy comes in. Pays two point five million dollars to buy that plot of land right there by the preserve, uh, and wants to rezone it to um, commercial district. to commercial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, this natural features protection designation um, is something that should have been happening, uh, but Kalamazoo has been wanting business to come in, so they really haven't been doing it. And so they put this mortuarium on it for a six-month period, uh, which isn't a whole lo- long time. But if you're a business person spending two million dollars on a car wash, which I, yeah, he, I, well, I, he I owns, almost wanted. I don't. I I detail my own car because yeah. uh, I don't want scratches. But for a two million dollar car wash, I'd probably go there. And it never really says what he wants to put there, because uh, most of, at least from what I read out of it, it was saying that. Uh, the business he owns is runs like a lot of car washes, so yeah. that's mainly what they're in. So I'm guessing it's going to be a car wash. I'm guessing he's not making a big, big company change right well, there. But who knows? And and, and this area uh, isn't. It's not like a pristine, you know, 
untouched. It's car dealership alley. Yeah, I mean, their their apartment complex is on the other side of the lake. Yeah. Um. You, you know, the the only reason is that it hasn't been built up is because, um, no one's had the capital to come in and improve it. It's just kind of always been that way. But with the advent of uh, Costco coming in fr- across the across the street, yeah, um, I, that's even really. I, Remember oh. when that place was oh, just man. green? Bank woods. Alley is is what it's yeah. soon becoming. I I don't know how opening a bank can make so much more sense in a in a place that's uh, newly renovated and bought all those houses and stuff. But uh, you know, yeah, you know what the funniest part is? The bank I go to, they open one near there, and probably about two miles down the road, they have another one. So it's a, it's that whole theory it's of like Starbucks and the Starbucks across the street. Yeah, uh, but it makes sense to somebody. Yeah, and the whole thing with this is, um, I was reading another article that they, the guy that owns that bought this land and wants to make it rezone it for commercial use, uh, was already willing to do all of the things that are legally in the law for dealing with preservation of that area. He was yeah. willing to do everything already that kept up with that. Um, but the, now they all these people got outraged that somebody wants to build something else right there, which it's, if you go around there, it's already built up around that whole preserve. You have Western has their engineering campus there. Yeah, right across the street. You've got uh, – you don't have a much uh, – on the um, on the other side of the street, but in front of it, like you said, you've got all the apartment complexes. Uh, you've got the dealerships that lead right up to it. You got houses everywhere along that whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, what is one <laughs> potential uh, car wash? It would do? be kind of like complaining of a single bodega being popped up in the middle or in in the outskirts of Central Park in New York. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, I mean, the Central Park's nice, and you know, there's a reason for it, and and stuff like that. But you're in the middle of the one of the largest cities in the entire world. Yeah. The the fact that a, a, a small piece of grass area is being taken up by a, a north, another storefront. It. I mean, you live in the city. That's what yeah. I kept saying with with all the and people that, coming forward. Is listen, you know, yeah, it, it it might be great to have a little preserve area. But you live in the city. You have to understand that that's the type of environment you moved into. If you want a nice little hiking trail with everything like that, then, you know, the the, the, the middle of a, a city that is begging people to stop building housing and start uh, building businesses because then they can tax them. And that's even the mayor, uh, Bobby Hopewell, Mayor Bobby Hopewell was, uh, was commenting and saying, Listen, the lifeblood of the city, of, of the state, the government, yeah. is property taxes, especially on businesses. Yeah, and the, the thing that baffles me about this whole thing, because it just comes down to, uh, no one admits it, but li- really what they're arguing there is we'd rather have houses or something built. Because there's a house on the property right now that, that I um, saw that they, yeah. they're paying, like, someone's paying $10,000 to move it, because I guess it's kind of a historical house, but... Um, the biggest thing that gets me on this is it was already privately owned land. It's not part of the preserve at all. So it's not like, it's not the government, like WMU owns Asylum Lake Preserve. It's, and they're not taking anything away from it. It's just a, a, an undeveloped area on the outskirts of it is 
is being wants to be rezoned to commercial. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's the biggest thing that I didn't understand because all these people were acting like this guy was coming in and is going to single-handedly buy up the preserve <laughs> and destroy it all. And they're not. He's going to drain the lake to use it to wash people's cars. No one is talking about taking any land away from the preserve. There, they're they're just. He bought private land that was zoned for for um, residential, and he wants to rezone it for commercial to yeah. put a business there. Well, and, and and it's a it's a car that's a pretty big lot that he has right there near there, because the house is kind of a little bit farther away from the street. He's not going to build because it's right in the stadium and Drake. He's not going to build farther down where that house is, the car wash. You're going to build it you as want close it on to the stadium street. Yeah. as you can. So in reality, there's going to be quite a bit of nice green, lush trees and grass that are still separating his business from the preserve. But that's the biggest. That's the main point that I don't understand with all these people. It, it's it's private land. It was it was privately sold to this guy. It's just a zoning issue, mm-hmm. um, and they're acting like he's taking oh, the preserve away from them because they all talk yeah. about. Oh, I walk my dogs there. I enjoy it. And everything. We're not taking it away. They're not taking it away from you. He's he's well, just if, buying up land. If you want to preserve near. that, you look look at the people in the in that crowd. Uh, how many people that can you get to purchase that? But buy it and privatize it. And then that's how you preserve it. Yeah, then, then you it. then you have it held into a trust. Offer him his money back, um, and then boom, because a lot of the houses near that preserve area aren't, aren't the cheapest. You, know, you you could have you could have bought that as well, but somebody else is coming through and they're wanting to build a business. And it's one of those things where, yeah, I'm 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 on a planning commission. Uh, I have to talk about zoning a lot. I have to talk about where stuff goes. But at the same time. Uh, my philosophy is: if you own it, it's yours. Yeah. Do what you want. I've never is it hurting zoning. hurting somebody else? No. Uh, you know, we see in like in Africa, um, some of the uh, big game hunting safari things isn't going and taking you out to the bush and you a killing a, a lion. It's you're hunting on a preserve. Those are animals that are bred for the specific purpose of having rich. D bags come in and Pay shooting a them. Ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. The money goes back into the preserve and the local communities and the helping food, to protect the 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 actual endan- wild endangered animals from poachers. And they, uh, yeah, because they're not going out and killing endangered animals. Yeah. Uh, and then a, a lot of times, you know, when you take down the big game there, a lot of the meat is actually from that is donated because most of these rich people they just want the trophy. Yeah. Right. They don't care about taking a yeah. thousand pounds. I don't need of lion meat. Whatever. Home and then so not only is the money put into helping the animals, paying for the preserve, and the community around it, they're feeding the community around it. That's what a lot of people just see the picture and flip out about it. They don't actually dig into it. Yeah. So when when you it's another thing right here. They see, they all of a sudden saw those ridiculous signs that went from from for sale by for um residential to now it got changed to commercial all of a sudden out of <laughs> yeah. nowhere and they flipped out because they drove by that and didn't look into it at all mm-hmm. didn't didn't decide to do their research didn't think to themselves oh wait he's not stealing the preserves land he bought land from a private uh owner and just wants a zone I, zoning is so dumb to me yeah like well, oh i want to build this here you know, okay, I, there's a lot of land you drive by that, like, I think to myself, man, if I had a good, if I had money, 
and I could buy that. That would be a really nice like plot of land to put your house or something yeah, on. Yeah. What put if What cool. if you wanted to buy that preserve but and put a house on commercial. it? It's commercial, so it's like, oh, now I've got to go through zoning issues and these eight people sitting up in a at a in a in a off or a room, a boardroom in downtown Kalamazoo are going to be the people that decide whether I get to rezone it or not. So they get to control what I build there. Yeah, they could they could even take your house. And have it be eminent domained, and then uh, they convert your your once uh, stately manor into a welcome center, and the state just has the ability to do that. It's it's again if you if you stop paying your taxes, uh, the state can come in and put a lien on your house. If you refuse to pay the lien, then uh, they can come in and, and evict you from your own house. It's kind of what's happening, even with- if you have no mortgage on it. It's kind of what's happening with Arcadia Brewing right now. Yeah. They're facing a possible, which I've heard from some, I know uh, a couple people that work there, and I've heard that they're going to be fine, but that guy could just be bluffing because supposedly they're still going to decide whether to auction it on the 20th of this month. Yeah. Well, it seems weird. I, I, but he has I've mortgage so money many, to pay. Yeah. And he has um, back taxes, actually, for a couple of years on there, which, I mean, they're – it's not a lot of money for a business, I feel like, but it, I mean, it's about fifty grand in back taxes. It's something, but and they still owe like one point four mil on their mortgage that they, so they got to come up with a huge chunk of change. Mm-hmm. So uh, if these people are so concerned about this area and want to keep it public or, or or available for general use, let's say, yeah, if they want to keep it residential, yeah. F- find who owns it. Have that person sell it to you and put it in a trust. And you can have your rules. You can have regulation. You can do whatever you want with it. Uh, if you don't want uh, land developers to develop on your land, then then you purchase the right to it. But to have it public, this, this, is, this is what we're talking about is, yes, you, you could get uh, government entities in there that, uh, want to preserve no more businesses we only want to preserve what's there we want hiking trails everywhere uh, and so we're, we're not going to allow any new business to come in the same people that have the power to do that are the same people that have the power to change the zoning so that it's sad for you and yep uh, a lot of people were at that meeting but you know who weren't at that meeting everybody else and so you have to say okay am I listening to a majority of people or I, most of the time, when I sit in my meetings that don't uh, don't even match close to the type of representation that, that they do, uh, you know, they just uh, approved a, a, a water thing for fifteen million dollars. Yeah, uh, that's that's like sixteen years to, for me for 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 our, the budget that we handle. Um, but I, I feel like it's just it's not about what you hear residents say unless if there's just a big groundswell like you know uh hey we want to put a strip club in a elementary school yeah you might have a lot yeah. more people where you're like you know i'm pretty sure yeah, i can take like the, the pulse practice. pulse of 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 the city here and say that's that's i should be against that but i think it's just half the time it's like well here's something that i think is important and um you just make the the, the people who were elected just kind of make their own decisions and it's not really about oh i represent the people of the eastern district it's it's about you know uh i'm gonna make this decision and hopefully 
kind of people will vote for me. So the the biggest problem is um, when you have this this public access, you have the tragedy of the commons, and you you have the ability for the state to come in and regulate it too much, regulate it not enough. Uh, it's it should be up to the person who holds the property because they're the ones that are going to do what's best because uh, you're not going to have you're, you're not going to um, to to kind of shoot yourself in in the foot you might have made bad business decisions but you're not like oh, I'm gonna build a house on this lake and then I'm gonna pollute the lake well you that why, why would you do that you know what I would do if I was this guy and the zoning issue after six months was still not done I would uh because, like he said, he was already willing to do all the environmental things, the he preserve had things yeah. they want. That, and he pro- he would have left a nice buffer zone of greenery in between his land and the preserves lands. Because let's let's point that out again, he's not taking any preserve land. The land that is currently that he bought was never part of the preserve. Yeah. Um, if I were him, if it were me in that situation, and I got blocked from putting my business in there, I would keep the land, and I would literally. I would I would have the, whoever comes in the surveyors or whatever map out exactly where my property lines are and I would demolish every bit of greenery there. I would cut down <laughs> salt, every tree. Salt the earth. <laughs> I would cut down every tree. I would rip up all the grass. I would do I would till the entire land and make it a giant dirt pit just to spite them to be like, "Look here, you could have, and it wouldn't. I mean, yeah, it's spite, but I, I would treat it as a, a, a teaching lesson for all those people that show up there. Yeah, you, you, you fought against it. You won. You made it, so I can't put my business here. But here's what would have happened, and now here's what's the worst of the worst is going to happen now because you blocked my simple little car wash from being built here, where I was still going to keep a lot of greenery. We we're going to make sure that you know all of our flow was perfect for the the runoff. So. You know, we didn't contaminate anything in the preserve. Well, now you get a giant dirt pit to look at while you know <laughs> while you're walking your dog. While you're walking your dog, and again, that's what I always go back to: is he's not taking any land away from the preserve. It's just building up around the preserve. Which, like you said, you're in a city. Yeah. Keep the preserve. The preserve. That's fine by me because I mean, I I visit there. I've walked my dog there, but um, so keep the preserve. Cause, I mean, that's owned by WMU, and they can afford to upkeep it. and a preserve. You don't have to go in and mow lines or or create trails. The trails mm-hmm. are just created as the people walk. Yeah. But um, keep the preserve. But know that you're in a city and it's going to get built up around you. You can't you can't fight that. Yeah. Well, and, and if if you want to, then find someone to purchase it for you. Yeah, that's what you got to do. It, it it it's land that's for sale that WMU hadn't bought up when they bought the land for, for the, for yeah. the preserve. So eventually it's going to fall into somebody's hands. They're going to want to do something with it, especially in a built-up area like that that's growing. You've got a, a nice growing area right there, a tons of businesses coming in, creating a lot of, um, you know, where the government's stealing a lot of money away from them through taxes. And you've got another opportunity for the government to steal even more money. And these people who support taxes are just like, oh, yeah, let's, let's yeah. not do that. Well, I mean, we talked about this type of subject. It's it's kind of similar to that of um, net neutrality and having this this idea of this is the worst thing possible. And this guy, he just he's gonna he's gonna you know uh, 
I, I think what it is, it's every 90s movie that uh, had a, a, a child in it because the bad guy was always like a bald, rich, white dude yeah, who was man. part of a, a conglomeration that hated the environment and wanted yeah. to stamp out all tree life. And it was up to uh, him and his, his uh, Bigfoot friend or his dog who could talk or whatever to, to come in. Or like what, the Woody with the Woodpecker movie that uh, the abomination that what it was, was, was that. It's just like, I think that's what we have in our head of like, oh, business owners just hate the environment, no matter who they are, yeah. especially if it's, uh, you know, a, a, a guy who's, uh, who's, um, who's wanting to just wash cars. <laughs> yeah. What, what they should have done was they should have just pulled the race card and see what the, like the girl, uh, she, she claimed to represent the 20,000 students of yeah. Western. I'm, I was like, know. how, how can a, a, a person, a single person remotely say that I represent all people like th- there's there's 20,000 students have have come to this one girl and they've said yeah. please please tell mayor Bobby Hopewell and the rest of the commission to <laughs> to preserve the land I it just makes no sense to me yeah, they, they, th- th- this oh. this is the type of like mentality that like democracy worship gets you is is this 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 attempt to um to to kind of religiousize like oh I speak I speak for these people it's I like speak well for everyone like you could be in a, gr- a room of ten people and you still can't yeah. speak for everyone because you have people thinking differently yeah and the race car thing the guy the guy his name Haji Tarani that's that bought the land I mean yeah. and yeah, yeah it, he's it, he, it, he could have pulled the card like a lot of other people would so it's it sounds like all these people are just racist against against yeah they just don't want um, you know, someone who, because I'm just gonna say this: a lot of people. We watched the footage of the, of the people coming up and talking. And a lot of them are white people. Yuppies and hippies, sub- and, and and hippies, and surprisingly good-looking hippies. That dude that was 87 years old. Yeah, 87. Not, I I don't he believe must it. Have been smoking that 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 golden stuff that's just that doesn't even grow anymore. <laughs> yeah. He's got it like in from Mexico <laughs> because. He looked about sixty tops. The, the same people who now want uh, legal marijuana out of their communities. Yeah, but yeah, these people are just crazy. They act like yeah. he's either stealing uh, stuff away from there, or he's gonna single-handedly contaminate the entire preserve, and all oh. these beautiful animals are going to die. Th- that and that's what central planning gets you. It's it's central planners are people that that think that they know what a community needs and it's like you 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 can you can think that but you don't you don't really know that how about you let the market decide that um you know if if uh if this uh car wash thing goes up and and fails well then no one's gonna you know then it's gonna revert back you know you you can turn it back into um a preserve you can have people come in and plants and 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 try and return it back or if it thrives, then it seems like that was a, a need, and you know that you 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 have um, these central planners who are who think that they know what a makeup of a society should look like, and it's like what what why yeah. they kept what, talking what, about what their, is that they kept talking about their ma- major plan. We need to oh, think I put, ahead. I put 
Restaurant Row or yeah. or or Stadium Drive is a perfect example. Oh, we'll put all the car manufacturers or the dealerships out there, and you know there uh, we've we've centrally planned it. Yeah. But it's like, how do you know that there isn't a a dealership that could be opened up uh, in Restaurant Alley that would just blow blow up and and um and be the biggest dealership in the entire world? Yeah, it's like, oh no, we're central planners. We know these things. All right. Well, we just want to talk about random stuff today, so yeah, that, that's that our, that's what you got. Our, you know, rant. Yeah. So uh, hopefully you enjoyed this. And our conglomeration uh, of rants. Uh, we're gonna have a ton of links in the show notes, so feel free to check those out uh, for the news stories that we're talking about, and realize just how um, insane uh, the state is in wanting to tell you what to do, where to live. Uh, what businesses to, what do. to do with the land uh, you own. And, and uh, here's the good thing, though. You can eat now more, uh, double the amount of PFAS, PFAS than you were before. So, so you're welcome. The government has decided that what was previously the legal amount is not what it was. So yes, you're allowed to eat more. So eat up. Yeah. Two big spoonfuls. <laughs> All right, take everyone. at least two teaspoons a day. There you go. All right, everyone. Thanks for uh, joining us. And, uh, Share, like, subscribe, uh, all those things that uh, uh, probably the six of you listening have already done. We thank you. Feel free to contact us on the various platforms, including Twitter, uh, Gmail, website, everything like that. And uh, as always, live radically and live free. And let's just uh, privatize everything. Everything. Everything.